You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Welcome into Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the Big Dog, Rick Watson. Phone line, I'm sorry. Text line's open, 744-2990. Too many texts to uh, go through individually, but uh, most folks are on the side of chaos in college football. Some don't think it's a problem. Some are making some very good arguments. One about how it's the money, like in advertising, the companies that have the most money to advertise are the ones who usually reach the biggest audience. Watch the Super Bowl, and you'll find out which companies are successful. That's a great point. Very, very, very good point. But it's, it's, not, it's not a good vibe right now in collegiate sports. Danny Cannell talking about it. Jim Harbaugh, new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. I think it's a it's a perfect fit for both. Um, Harbaugh was going to go back to the league. He's been flirting with it for the last, well, three years now. First was the Vikings. He interviewed twice there. There were a lot of rumors he gave a verbal yes, and then he back at, backed out when Michigan came at him with more money. And then he did a phone, he did a video interview with the Broncos last year, but he started the interview, it was weird. He said, look, I'm not really interested in leaving this year, but let's talk. <laughs> so they talked, and he stayed. Now he's won a natty, and uh, he goes out there to a very apathetic fan base, to a team that left its original city, right? San Diego to L.A., and they're having trouble sharing fans in that big, monstrous stadium. Have to share it with the Rams, so the fan base is going to be not a factor for Harbaugh. And I think he'll come in and uh, 
It's going to depend on whether he wants to work with Justin Herbert. Does he want to bring in his own guy? I don't know. He's called J.J. McCarthy the greatest college quarterback Michigan's ever seen. Do they draft him? I mean, I don't know. But he gets a five-year deal to be the new head coach of the Chargers. I think it's a, it's a move the Chargers had to make. And we'll see how it all plays out. There'll be some roster turnover, but he was very successful with the 49ers. I think people forget how he basically is the guy responsible for turning the 49ers back around. Right? After the whole Chip Kelly thing. He wants to be the GM on top of it. Right? So we'll see what happens there with Harbaugh out in Los Angeles. He wants to be a guy who's in charge of personnel. That wasn't going to happen in Denver or Minnesota. But maybe he'll be the coach slash GM that hasn't worked out great long-term in many places. But we shall see. But usually you don't hire a coach before you bring in a general manager, right? Because the general manager is supposed to be involved in the coaching hire. So basically what you're telling the guy that gets appointed to the GM, yeah, Jim's going to be the real GM. So you're just here to collect a huge check. Is that okay? I mean, I'd take that job. Oh, so I can come in and be the GM and personnel decisions won't be my fault if they don't work out? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree with Frank. I'd take it. I wouldn't have any, like, ego to where, no, sorry, i got to pick them all. Wait a minute, the coach wants to do it? I mean, I'll be in the room, right, on draft day, and they can kind of, I'll be over there, like, playing Galaga on my phone. (laughs) Hey, Rick, yeah, we want to draft this guy at number seven. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, he looks good. Look. I'm in the uh, I'm in the uh, bonus man mode. I'm on stage 27. Can you guys just you know hold it down a little bit over there? That'd be great. <laughs> Let me know when I'm supposed to go out and you know hold up the jersey when those guys get here who we drafted. Rick Watson, the new GM of the Chargers, making three and a half million per year. Rick, what's your thoughts on the draft? Uh, well, I've been told it was really good. I've been told we did a great job. Got some really good football players. I know Jim's happy. By the way, look at this. I screenshot. Look at that. I set my all-time personal high on Gallagher. (laughs) Wayne asks, how many Diet Pepsis are you going through after your short night? At this point, the whole caffeine effect of soda does not have any effect on me at all. I'm not proud of that admission. But the addiction to it is so great that I have so much of it that I just, and I don't drink it for the caffeine. I just drink it because I can't stop. No, just, it doesn't really uh, have that effect on me. Like most people can drink, you know, a cup of coffee or whatever. And, uh, They say, got to have my cup of coffee before I get going. By the way, anybody, (laughs) Hokey Bob, 
Yeah, this is exact. Yes, Hokey Bob. Here we go. This is me after draft day when we're having our presser. Hey, Watson, go grab another box of hats for the signees. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hang on just a second. I, I, hang on. Let me let me get to a stopping point. Let me. Get, I got to kill off these last four fighters here. Yeah, that's fine. I get to go to games. Get to travel on the uh, luxury jets, show up there in the press box. Jim's out there coaching the team. He's picked the team. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Give me that gig. Give me the GM of the Chargers. I have no problem whatsoever. By the way, what I was going to say, anybody who drinks coffee, it's fine that you do. I've tried. I can't. If you try to tell me it's good, you're lying. <laughs> because there are people who drink it black. But anybody who's saying they drink coffee because they love the taste, you're lying. And you know how I know you're lying? Because you take the time to put all this crap, sweetener and cream and whatever it might be, caramel, in your coffee. And it's why places like Starbucks became such a monster franchise because they create all these different types of coffees. And then, of course, it becomes lattes and cappuccinos, and you can ice them, and you can put whipped cream on them, and whatever it might be, you're not doing all that if coffee straight up is really that enticing. Let's just be honest with ourselves here. Maybe I need a Jolt Cola. <laughs> I remember Jolt Cola. Uh, Wayne from Ohio. Nothing but classic Charger uni thing, uniforms. That's the one thing you're doing. Yes, that's the one thing I would demand before I signed the contract. Look, uh, let me make sure I handle any uniform changes. I don't want you guys ruining what is the best-looking uniform in all of the National Football League. Thanks. <laughs> Cole says bold mood to attack coffee drinkers on a morning show I'm not attacking you that's fine <laughs> but you can't tell me you're going oh god that tastes so good because what it is people feel like they have to have their coffee because it is like Wayne was asking me right you, you feel like you have to have it to get your day started because of the caffeine hit if caffeine, if coffee, in other words, you're not waking up and you're having a decaf at 6 a.m. You're getting your caffeine through your coffee, not a lot of calories, because you want that feeling awake. And a lot of people say that makes you go to the bathroom, too. Is that true, by the way? I don't know. I don't drink it. Is that true? I don't want to get too detailed here. But let's say... You have your Starbucks fix at 8.30. Are you like 20 minutes later buying a ticket to take a ride on the porcelain bus? (laughs) Is that what it is? (laughs) That's probably the nicest way I could say it. Correct. No black uniforms under Rick's GM administration. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true, Wayne. I have a, I have cut back a lot 
in the past on my yeah i do get the caffeine caffeine headaches if i don't drink it yeah absolutely my 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 headaches are still addicted to the caffeine but it doesn't affect me in terms of in other words i could drink i could drink a whole little 16 ounce bottle right before i go to sleep it wouldn't affect me at all but yes i do get the headaches if i don't have it so yeah which shows you that that's not a very healthy thing for me to be doing so this isn't criticizing coffee drinkers because I look, I drink diet Pepsi. I know it's unhealthy. Cole says, yes, it's true. Okay. All right. So not only are you trying to wake up, you're trying to wake uh, your digestive system up. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I'm just saying... I mean, you're drinking it for all these other reasons that have kind of been transfixed into your mind before you sit down with it. Are you really going, you know what I need right now? I need something delicious in my mouth. I'm gonna go get I'm gonna get a I'm gonna go get a cup of black coffee. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. No. I'm gonna go to Starbucks and I'm gonna go pay ten, eleven dollars for one that has I don't know. Seven different things in it to make it taste less like coffee. <laughs> I mean, I'm not putting a bunch of stuff in my Diet Pepsi. Like, I don't like the cherry cola. I don't want lime. You know, I don't need whipped cream on top of my soda. It already has all that horrible stuff in it that I like <laughs> make it taste, Right? So no, this isn't me preach. You can't sit there and be addicted to diet soda like I am and judge anybody else for what you drink. My thing is, don't try to tell me how delicious it is. I don't think I've ever heard one coffee uh, lover, and I work with a lot of them, go, man, that is so good. <laughs> man, woo! Man, that's a taste that I've been craving. That's all. I know you drink it to warm up. A lot of people drink it when they're cold. I get it. But all I ever hear is, oh, I got to have my coffee. I won't function today. This is what I hear at work. Yeah, I couldn't function without my coffee. If I don't have my coffee, oof, I won't be able to wake up. I hear that. Or it's the whole digestive thing. I don't hear people going, man, oh, man, you're missing out, boy. This is a delicious beverage. <laughs> no really not and i've tried it look i'm not one of these guys i will try something before i will tell you i don't like it right and i have i've tried it i don't know three or four different times i've tried different varieties because people have talked me into it well you haven't had this try it like this okay same result (laughs) yeah text message you take the sip of black coffee and then you make the bitter bill uh, bitter beer taste face immediately yeah there you go there you go it's kind of like taking a shot of whiskey right (laughs) like if you just put a shot in nothing with it and you go whoo you kind of get that shiver after you take it wow take a couple shots of bourbon whatever it might be that's why people it's the same thing with it's the same thing with jack daniels and alcohol right you mix it with what soda (laughs) 
you mix it with soda because soda makes everything better. You're not mixing it with coffee. That's all I'm saying. Win for Diet Pepsi. What are you doing with your booze? You're mixing it with soda. Jack and Coke. Should be Jack and Pepsi. I don't know what people are doing, but you don't hear Jack and coffee. (laughs) But just enjoy. You eat your own. Starbucks is a billion-dollar corporation, so what the hell do I know? All right, we'll be back. Andy Bitter in about 13 minutes. We'll break down this Virginia Tech football schedule. More stuff from him coming up. Man, were you like me and just wore the hell out of the Jagged Little Pill album? Right? Baby! Alright, welcome back. That wasn't a bad Alanis, was it? (laughs) That's uh, less than three hours of sleep, Alanis, there. Huh. So I don't have any... I don't have any coffee drinkers mad at me they're trying to get me they're trying to convince me there's a good coffee out there for me so i appreciate that wayne said did you ever try this pepsi max i don't remember let me try to think you know what's pretty good too is the uh the zero the pepsi zero trying to think if i ever had that max i don't know Probably. Wait a minute. Am I, who am I kidding? Of course I did. I'm sure I did. <laughs> What's this? Another Pepsi product with no calories? Yeah. Don't know if I'll try that one. So, yeah, the answer to your question is, Wayne, yes. I just don't remember. Just don't remember. Oh, but I love me some jagged little pill. Plus, she was, you know, angry. She was attractive. She had all those things, you know. You think about, she wrote, I guess, the biggest song off that album about Joey from Full House. You ought to know. That's right. Joey from Full House is where it drew her ire to write that song. They were dating and he he broke up with her and apparently cheated on her. That's what the whole song's about. So whenever you watch Full House, I think his name was Joey. What's the actor's name? Wayne? Wayne? Who played Joey on Full House? It's that guy. That's who was her boyfriend coming out of that relationship that prompted her to write those songs for uh, Jagged Little Pill. True story. She got the the last laugh because at some point she was dating Ryan Ryan Reynolds shortly after that. Alanis Morissette. That's your Alanis Morissette trivia for the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want an angry girl. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, give me, give me some disjointed emotions. Absolutely. No doubt. I mean, me and Alanis would hit it off, man. Me and jagged little pill air Alanis? Oh, absolutely. I might even take her out for coffee. Who knows? <laughs> 
good stuff. All right, we're halfway home on a Thursday. I'm a little chippy this morning with the lack of sleep. It's fun, though. David Coulier. Coulier. Joey Gladstone. Thank you. I knew Wayne would have it. Andy Bitter has it. He'll be with us next. McIntyre, lead off hour three, and then uh, Dwight Vick joining us now on the program. He is the lead writer for Tech Sideline, and he just did a nice piece on this Virginia Tech football schedule release. His name is Andy Bitter. Andy, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Doing okay, man. Well, let's get right to it. Um, schedule is out. We know the dates. We already knew the opponents. Um, what were some of your initial thoughts when you looked at this? Yeah, I look at it, and um, you know, I see that one, uh, you know, spot where they they go to Miami, and then the next week they go to Stanford, and I go, wow, that is a lot of travel. And somebody's going to be making that travel. That's a lot of travel. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't quite know what they're going to do with the equipment truck. That is a lot of miles to put on that thing uh, over two weeks like that. I think ideally you'd like those trips spaced out a little bit, but that wasn't the case. But uh, beyond that, I think it's it's sets up fine. I mean, it, the, the non-conference schedule is not overwhelming. The bye weeks or open weeks are pretty well spaced out. Um, you know, I think I look at that Clemson game as being sort of the highlight of the schedule there, but it, it's not just this, you know, murderer's row of opponents. I, I think it's set up pretty well for this team that if it keeps improving, they can have a pretty good season. I looked at it just going over it, and it looked like at least 10 wins to me. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I feel like if they don't win all the non-conference, that's, that's, that's a big loss. I mean, I don't see any of these games that are going to be a challenge for them in the non-conference. Yeah, I, I think Rutgers is not a gimme, but I think they should be favored in all four of those games. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about rosters that are not set yet. Sure, These things are still sure. in flux, and, right. and things will change before we get to August. Uh, but I think, you know, anything short of 4-0, the non-conference, would be a disappointment, which is weird to say based on a team that went 7-6 and six last year. But, uh, you know, Vanderbilt's the worst SEC team. Uh, Marshall is a team that they get at home that they should have beat last year that they should beat at home. ODU, they should beat them on the road. And uh, I think you're getting Rutgers at home, even though Rutgers is a solid team and was a bowl team last year. Uh, I think that's a team they should beat at home, too. So uh, if you can get off to a 4 0 start, man, uh, you start sort of looking your chops once you get to ACC play. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. And you're right, the travel of those two games. 
at least they have the bye week coming back, which makes sense. But you're right. That's going to be interesting. I didn't think about it that way, but it's kind of like the old NASCAR trucks when they have to go from Florida to California. Right? You got to load up some people pretty quickly there, aren't you, and send them directly out there. Yeah, that is, uh, you know, in Miami, obviously a big game. They get them on Friday night. Uh, so there's an, there's an extra day in between there. But uh, then to go out west, uh, you know, the farthest west they had played in the regular season before this was in the Texas Panhandle and West Texas State in 1959. Uh, so this is unusual to go this far west. I mean, that's still a considerable distance farther west that they have to go to play this game. So, uh, you know, I wasn't necessarily for the ACC adding these teams. I think it kind of dilutes the football product, certainly. But uh, this is an intriguing trip, uh, this first one out to Stanford. I'm, I'm kind of excited to go, uh, go see it and go cover that game out there. I think you made a great observation, too, Andy, about the schedule. It is the last two games are relatively – I won't say easy. I think, would you say soft, like you said? I mean, Duke with a new regime, and then, you know, that's the road game, and then you got Virginia who, you know, they can't beat Tech. So, yeah, if you take care – I mean, you, you've got it set up to control your own destiny those last two weeks if your season goes according as planned. Yeah, you always want to be, uh, you know, in a position to be able to strike like that late in the season. And, you know, who knows if they can get by Clemson – at home, we'll see what Clemson looks like this this upcoming year. But uh, to have the open week, then go to Duke, which you know, new coach doesn't have Riley Leonard. They weren't quite as effective as the team last year when they didn't have Riley Leonard. A lot more uh, beatable than when they were when they were cruising with him. And then UVA, they you know, was it nineteen the last twenty, whatever they beat them. Uh, I mean, that that's the way you want to be able to close the season. And if you can get two wins there at the end of the year. If you've done your work ahead of time, it might uh, you know, mean a special spot in the ACC if, if you've uh, you know, won enough games before that. And in your best uh, Admiral Akbar, <laughs> it's a trap, right? Syracuse, that game on the road, they're getting a lot of buzz for a brand-new regime right before the Clemson game, so you could have a natural little bit of a – I hate to use the term letdown, but, yeah, you're right. That, that kind of sneaks in there, doesn't it, that Syracuse game? Yeah, that I was looking at that one regardless of where they put it. That is just historically a tough matchup for Virginia Tech. I, did, I didn't realize this until I was looking it up. Five ranked Virginia Tech teams have lost to an unranked Syracuse in the Carrier Dome, or the, the JWA Wireless, whatever they call it now. Five times. Since 1994, I think it was. And the only team that broke that streak was one that had Michael Vick on it. So it's just not an easy place to win. It's not an easy place for good Virginia Tech teams to win. Even against Syracuse teams, they go, oh, they're not special. Remember 2016? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech was on a roll, and they go up there, and they just lay an egg, an absolute dud. It was probably the best Syracuse played all year. Uh, I think a lot of Hokies fans don't need to be reminded that 2002, that triple overtime game uh, that they lost up there, 50 to 42. Uh, and I, I know it's, it's different teams and different regimes, but man, you just can't ignore history like that. And for some reason, whenever they go up there, they seem to play poorly in that building. And then add on top of that, you've got Clemson the next week. Naturally, you're going to be looking ahead. A big matchup like that, sure. I, I guess, man, 
that will be a challenge for this coaching staff to have this football team ready to play up there. Because it, you know, historically, that has not been the case for the Hogans. He is Andy Bitter, the senior staff writer, lead football beat writer for Tech Sideline. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, you brought up a nice little nugget in your piece. Um, I was thinking Texas A&M, but you go further back. They haven't played that far west when they go to Stanford since 1959. Wow, Canyon, Texas, huh? Against West Texas State. <laughs> yeah, that's the farthest west that it's been. I think uh, there's an SMU game in the 70s, and then – Nebraska is, I think, technically farther west than, than College Station. I think so is uh, Manhattan, Kansas. They played at Kansas State one point in the 60s, I think it was. I think 67. So uh, a lot of those Texas ones and, and Midwest or uh, Plain States ones kind of line up in a straight line uh, north and south there. But then the West Texas State one, which, you know, who scheduled that home and home? In 1959, it wasn't like it was easy to get to places in 1959 and 1958. Uh, and, and they still went out. Maybe i got to do some research and find out why they played that game out there in, in the, the middle of nowhere in Texas. So, uh, yeah, and then obviously they played some bowl games uh, out in Arizona, the, the, uh, the game against Aaron Rodgers in 2003, I believe it was, and then – uh, there was a, a San Francisco Bowl, but yeah, it, it's just it's unusual to go out there. Now they're going to be doing it every couple years, uh, playing it either at Stanford or Cal or uh, SMU. Uh, it's, it's just a weird thing to get used to right now. This is this is the Atlantic Coast Conference, and they'll be playing a game not too far from the Pacific Ocean. That's what it's funny you say. I just had like three different people ask if they're ever going to change the name. I don't think they will because of branding here. I don't think the league's going to be uh, in place in a couple of years, so it won't matter. But yeah, I think they're got. It's like the Big Ten, right? They're not going to change the the branding of the ACC. I don't think because of the two, the three. Yeah, players. I mean, at least at least they don't have a number associated with it. That was a bad idea. Whoever <laughs> was, was like, let's put was. numbers in the conference names. Like, oh, could that be in flux? Possibly, or at least the Big Ten is like, well, we're big. Makes sense, but 10, you just, can't, you just can't defend 10. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. And I know these schedules are made ahead of time, but a lot of the questions I get asked, do you think in the current climate of college football at some point, and I keep hearing Tech wants out of the ODU deal badly going forward, do you think you're going to stop seeing these schedules that are made so far in advance? Because you see a lot all across the country, you see every year about games that are getting canceled and moved and changed by other schools and so forth already. I don't think you'll see it uh, from being made so far in advance because these athletic directors just like the comfort of having somebody on the schedule, and then you're not panicking and trying to do stuff at the last second. Like if you're adjusting, at least you already have a fallback plan. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I mean, you know, what's the worst you do? You just move the Wisconsin series back thirty years or however long you have to keep moving that back <laughs> over and over. At least it's still an option and still out there. Uh, if you just have this blank space out there and have to fill a spot, you know, you, you're left without a chair at the end when, when the music stops playing, and then you got to schedule, you know, two FCS teams in a season or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you'll continue to see it, even though I think you saw during the COVID season that things can come together pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You don't need to, to schedule out 15 years in advance. Uh, when you have no idea what these programs will look like at that point. Agreed, agreed. 
Well, any rumblings uh, around the program? Everything's been kind of quiet. Does it mean work's not getting done? I know they've just been working out and so forth. Are you hearing anything about the roster at all? Uh, I think it's pretty, you know, boring part of the year. Uh, you know, we know who's on the roster. We know who's not on the roster. And they're back lifting weights at this point. <laughs> and, you know, this is uh, crucial part of the year in terms of workouts and you know, team bonding and and all the off-season stuff that they do. But in terms of, you know, headlines and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's a pretty boring type part of the year. And I, I, I'm guessing they would prefer boring this type of part of the year because uh, if it's not boring and they're making headlines, it's probably for the wrong reason. So uh, I would imagine the, the coaches don't mind if it's just sort of a heads-down, uh, moving, moving ahead, quietly doing your work type of approach. Well, finally, I want to ask you, because uh, we had good discussion about it. A lot of the listeners got involved. We're talking about programs like Miami, former, if you will, the football version of Blue Bloods. Do you ever foresee Miami being a factor again? I mean, I, I just, the, where the stadium is and everything going around that program, do you think Miami will ever get back to being prominent in college football? Well, it, it might depend on what our definition of prominent is. Um uh, are they going to win five national tab- titles like they did before? No. I don't think they have the sort of uh, administration and the, you know, the, the, the resources surrounding that program to do that again. Uh, they're not going to get that kind of player again where there's just like, you know, everybody goes into South Florida now and recruits that area. Mm-hmm. All sorts of different coaches. It's not like Miami could wall off. Uh, the area around you know, Miami and Palm Beach and all that stuff and get those players to stay home all the time. And if you can't do that, I don't think you can recreate what they had before. And there's sort of this outlaw image that they used to have that I don't think the university wants to have anymore. <laughs> true, uh, true. Even though it, it's you know sort of allowed now. I mean, you can basically right. pay players. <laughs> Other programs are doing that better uh, than Miami is at this point. So... Uh, you know, I think there's a place for schools. Uh, and, you know, honestly, Virginia Tech is maybe in that same boat. Are they ever going to achieve the success they achieved at their peak with Michael Vick? I'd say it's pretty tough to get back to that level. That was, uh, you know, right coach, right coordinator, right quarterback at the right time. Uh, and when you have all those things come together at once, it's tough for those stars to align again and get back to that point. But, I look at this 12-team era, this 12-team playoff era coming up. Could I see one of those teams getting back in the top 12 and being in the playoffs? Sure. Absolutely. Could I see one of those teams winning the ACC? Yeah, I think Virginia Tech could. We'll see about Miami. It feels like that's been a promise that has not been kept for a long time. Uh, yeah, I think you can catch lightning in the bottle, though, and win the ACC or be a team that wins – 10 or 11 games, and all of a sudden it's in that large consideration and in that 12-team playoff field. Now, is that going to carry the same cachet as it would in the 14 playoff? No. Uh, but that is a national relevancy that I think will be interesting to watch for teams sort of in this, this range uh, where maybe the 14 playoff was out of reach, but the 12-team playoff was not. Yeah, that's, a, that's fair. Yeah, it's a very good take. I agree. I agree with you. So they could be good, but not, you know. Not past good, clearly. That's not the way it's laid out nowadays. Absolutely. 
By the way, congrats uh, to you and Joe Maurer. I know you're excited about your Minnesota twin making it in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was nice to see you. I, I like that. I, I don't necessarily like that somebody who uh, became a professional after I graduated college <laughs> is now retired <laughs> and in the Hall of Fame. Meaning right. that he's five years past retirement, which is like, man, the years have passed. But, uh, no, it, it's cool to see a, a hometown Minnesota guy like that get in. Uh, first ballot. I like the you know the first people ballot. Like, oh, yeah. we got to hold him off the first ballot, or I don't know. Did he catch enough? It's like he won three batting titles as a catcher and an MVP. Like, come on, what are we what are we doing here? Yeah, the most difficult position to play in the sport, too. You know, that's that's right, that's right. All right, my friend, great stuff as always. Have you decided what you're going to be focusing on here? I know you had some ideas going uh, that you were going to, you know, a little off season duty for you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we might do this uh, sort of fan survey type deal program, uh, contentment, how, how people feel about the program, put that out there. Kind of nice to see, take the temperature of the fan base uh, every now and then. So that could be an interesting thing to look for here. And, you know, we'll tally up the results and see where people are at right now. I have to feel pretty a lot better than they were at this point last year, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, man, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Appreciate you, A.B. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, man. There you go. Andy Bitter. He's the senior staff writer for Tech Sideline. We're going to take a break, come back, wrap up hour two. Remind you what's ahead in the power hour here on this Thursday. Getting some really good coffee <laughs> coffee uh, text messages as well. Uh, more coming up. We'll be back. My name is Alana. Did WFXR weather guy just make up a new word? Showery? Is that a word? <laughs> Showery. Look that up here. That's what he said. Showery? Yeah, it's there, isn't it? Yeah, it's a word. Showery is a word. Of weather or a period of time characterized by frequent showers of rain. Hence... Showery. All right. There you go. I've been educated this morning. Good stuff. All right. Thanks to Andy Bitter for joining us. I think you're going to enjoy a conversation coming up with Ryan McIntyre. He is a um, college basketball junkie. And he has uh, a show called Ryan and Rush Show. We'll talk to him about all that and what that's about and get his thoughts on uh, whatever's on his mind here this morning. That comes your way at 8.05. Then Dwight Vick, why ask him about the schedule. And yeah, it's always one of my favorite things. I like to poke the Miami Bear with Dwight. I'll ask him the same question that I just asked Andy about Miami and why the U is not going to be the U ever again. Does it feels like Tech's going to have a monstrous season, doesn't it? I don't want to put too much pressure on it, but looking at that schedule to go along with everybody who's coming back, and it just feels like Tech is going to have a, a big season in year three for Brent Pry, doesn't it? 
But we'll get into all that as we trudge forward through the non-football months. Two hours in the books, hour three coming up as we roll along here on this Thursday. Some rain in the air. It's going to be showering all day here in the NRV. Ryan McIntyre joins us next. <laughs> 